Welcome back to another audio podcast from the Line Movers Network. As always, thank you for joining us today. You can check out all of our content on thelinemovers.net. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at the underscore LM Network for all your up-to-the-minute gambling needs. We appreciate your continued support. What's up, everybody? This is Ian Rymans with the Line Movers Network here for a preview of the Open Championship, our fourth and final major this weekend. Very exciting weekend coming up. You know, get the middle of July Open Championship at returning to the old course, the birthplace of golf, St. Andrews course in Scotland, uh, 150th version of the Open Championship. I know it's the British Open, but it's called the Open Championship, really. And um, yeah, 150th go around at St. Andrews for the 29th time. St. Andrews as the birthplace of golf. Golf was said to first be played here in the 1400s, so pretty historical place. Exciting field. we got a field of 156 players going out to compete for the championships here, and uh, locked and loaded. Final major of the 2022 season as we're getting closer and closer and closer to the playoffs. Um, hard to believe. But uh, we are looking at St. Andrews, the old course, and it certainly is an old setup course. Uh, one of the most unique courses that you'll find one that's available that you can play. St. Andrews is a par 72 with a um, setup of about 7,300 yards, but plays a lot shorter. So with St. Andrews, you have some of the widest fairways and some of the biggest greens. So it's kind of not a lot of hazards on the course, aside from some fescue rough and some, some of those deep fairway bunkers, but the biggest defense of the course is its coastal um, relationship to the to the coastal the coastal relationship and the wind, and the wind is variable. So we have to check later in the week to see what the wind is. But if wind isn't there, it's going to be kind of a free swinging course. It slopes. The course is very fast and firm, so it's kind of harder to control the ball. But what you're going to see is a lot of runouts, a lot of shots that just keep going and going and going and going. Whether that's on the green, that's on the fairway. So very interesting setup. In fact, we only it plays a par 72, which is pretty standard. But usually in a course, you'll see uh, four par fives and four par threes, two on each the front nine and the back nine. But in this course, there's only two par fives and two par threes. So there's only one on each. And there's 14 par fours, so a lot of extra par fours. Because this course is so old and set up with, on the land that it is, it's hard to lengthen six of these par fours could be drivable. I mean, it's rare to see one drivable par four. And you're talking about maybe six drivable par fours for some of these players. Pretty outstanding. A lot of birdie opportunities. And there's going to be a lot of, uh, a lot of, a lot of shots that just kind of keep rolling and rolling. So these, this course will play a lot shorter than it really is, especially if it doesn't rain and the wind isn't a factor, but it makes for some, a lot of awkward shots. So, the, the fairways are very sloped. It's a link-style course, which um, no trees, deep, deep bunkers. Bunkers are hazards, which is not typical for a PGA course that we see stateside. And um, you'll see a lot of um, uh, sloping fairways. And then you get at runoffs and a lot of different different directions. Kind of, kind of a unique, unique setup here. And uh, the greens are huge, massive greens. I mean biggest greens that there are. So you see a lot of putts over a hundred feet. You see a lot of people putting from 50 yards off the green, a lot of shots coming in from inside a hundred yards, which give a lot of the pros trouble 
because when you're playing these shots into fast and firm greens, it's hard to control. And when the greens are so big and the fairways are so wide, it's really, really hard to control an awkward shot. So you want creative shot makers, uh, creative thinkers on the course, guys who could just make shots, get things done. And then guys who have experience on these things courses. St. Andrews is very unique. It's tough to figure out. It might look easy because of the length and, and the lack of hazards, but the slope on the greens, the slope on the fairways can be very, very tough to navigate. Last time it was here, 2015. Zach Johnson won a very, very windy and cold, rainy weekend. Uh, beat Louis Ustazen in a in a playoff, and uh, Louis Louis Ustazen actually won this event in 2010. So certainly a um, uh, good course for him. Of course, he's on the Live Golf Tour now, and I uh, haven't seen too much of him. He's he's been hurt a lot of the beginning part of the season. But no player, no golfer comes in this tournament hotter than Xander, Schauf, Xander Schauffele. Fresh off a win at the Scottish Open, hanging on to beat Kurt Kitayama. Uh, also won the J.P. McManus, McManus Pro-Am, which is a two-day Monday-Tuesday event that actually the DP World Tour does recognize as an official event. Previous tournament that, won the Travelers. A couple weeks before that, won the Zurich, uh, the team event. So he's come in three straight wins. Uh, got the monkey off his back of the Travelers and just has been riding hot. Nobody is going to be as hotter coming into Xander Shoffley. Right behind him, though, is Rory McIlroy, the tournament favorite, who's been in absolutely tremendous form, you know, from Great Britain, uh, from Northern Ireland specifically. But um, great, uh, just great form. Rory Xander going to be the two most talked about golfers coming in besides, of course, Tiger Woods. Um, but uh, excited to see what they have. Can Xander keep this rolling? We saw Scotty Scheffler do this early in the year and culminate with a Masters victory. Can Xander find his way to the top of the Open Championships? He certainly played his best golf of the majors before, would not be surprised at all. In fact, I'm going to start my betting card off with Xander Shoffley, 16-1 or better if you could find a better number, but absolutely hard to ignore how good Xander has been. He's actually a little underpriced on DraftKings as well. So take a look at him, um, like the seventh, eighth-rated player on DraftKings. So pricing came out before he won that Scottish Open. A couple other players want to highlight and this is just more about major championships and uh, correlation to Augusta here you see a lot of players who do well at the Masters tend to do well at St. Andrews Will Zalatoris who's Mr. Major Mr. not victory in a major but Mr. Major himself finished runner-up in the U.S. Open finished runner-up in the Masters finished top 10 in several several finished top 10 at the at the uh, PGA Championship just tremendous major championship player when it comes to shot making, comes to lag putting, navigating greens, navigating course, Zalatoris does it with the best of them, and he's just knocking on the door for a big-time victory. Uh, Cam Smith, multiple-time winner this year, the PGA, the uh, the Tour Championship winner, uh, the, the PGA Players Championship winner this year. He's also a tremendous shot maker. I mean, Cam Smith's big weakness is off the tee, and that's kind of neutralized here. There's, there's not really much danger off the tee. There's big wide fairways. And he is such a great putter, such a great short game player that he can get creative. He has shots that nobody else can see. He just does a great job um, navigating his short game along with his approach game. Cam Smith has definitely got to look at here. And, and that's really the top tier. A couple of guys in the mid tier, um, guys to look at definitely to build DraftKings lines around. I think definitely take a stab at some top 10s, top, top 20s action but players i think will perform all based on their shot making ability their creativity um success in past tournament success this year one guy is sam burns and sam burns 
has played had a tremendous season, multiple victories, um, been at the top, struggled a little bit last week, made the cut, but uh, struggled down the weekend. You know, question his major, his ability to play well in majors, and certainly well noted. He did come in second in that in that JP Pinamas uh, pro am to Xander Shoffley. So had a little bit of success there on link screen. That was a couple of weeks ago. Uh, so did have a runner-up finish coming in. And Sam Burns has absolutely done uh, a tremendous job this season. It'd be no surprise to see him contend at this open championship. He's just his skill set, his shot making, his short game, his long game, um, ability to navigate navigate a course. Uh, just tremendous Sam Burns is definitely in line to potentially contend here. Another guy who's had a tremendous year, um, one of the Genesis, which is a, a course comp here, a, a shot maker's course, got a nice low ball flight, can really run the ball out, um, has worked really hard on his putting. His, his putting game is tremendous, which is, again, with these big greens, most of your games going to be about putting. When he gets down to it, Joaquin Neiman at 50-1. to one. Uh, Neiman is just a guy, again, knocking on the door, just quietly had a tremendous season, another finished well, last week again in Scott in the Scottish Open, I definitely expect Joaquin Neiman to do well this week. Um, a couple other guys in the minute that I want to mention: Tony Finau has been uh, turning the season around. Has always played well at majors. Got the outside of the draw at the U.S. Open, so didn't miss the, didn't make the cut there, but had really played well. Um, really has a nice uh, fit. Has done well at St Andrews in the past. Has some good experiences. Done really well at Augusta. Uh, Finau has definitely got to take a look at, and Terrell Hatton. Hatton's a guy that people love to hate, and he certainly warrants a lot of that. But he does play a lot better in overseas than he does in the U.S., whether it's a, a DP World Tour event or uh, any of these kinds. He does. He, he's a, definitely a world-class player, but for whatever reason, he just plays a lot better when it comes to overseas play. And he's definitely played well on the links, played well at the Dunhill Links Championships. And um, Joe Hatton's definitely a guy to look at maybe – Using DraftKings lineup, looking at top 10, top 20, I'm definitely going to be looking at that on my end. Now, the unique thing about the uh, Open Championship Series, it combines a lot of tours. Obviously, we see the top players from the PGA Tour, but we also see the top players from the DP World Tour, which is the old European Tour. So you see a nice mix of players. What actually with the PGA and Euro Tour has done is kind of combined events. Last week, the Scottish Open was a combined event, and the alternate event in the U.S., the Barbersall, was also a combined event for the for the bottom-tier guys looking to get some final points into the playoffs. This week, same thing. Open Championships is going to be for those top-tier players in the points. The Barracuda, which is stateside, is going to be for the lower-tier PGA and DP World Tour players. So really unique, really like to see a lot of these younger guys playing either stateside or in the major championships, the, the bigger tournaments that are happening in last week in Scotland, this week in Scotland again at the Open Championships. But see a lot of the guys whose names you might not recognize, but players whose talent is definitely there, players who have definitely performed at a very elite high level who don't deserve to have these big numbers in front of their names or small salaries in front of their names from DraftKings' perspective. Definitely guys that you can see as values to make the cut, to kind of build your lineup around, get some salary relief, maybe if you want some of those more elite players. Uh, a couple guys who have just been standout stalwarts, just tremendous form players. Ryan Fox and Audrey Arnas. Ryan Fox from New Zealand, big hitting uh, New Zealand. Uh, he finished in the top 50 last week, struggled a little bit early on, made the cut, survived, played a little bit better in the weekend. But Fox has been at the top of leaderboards for the last month. Um, you know, big talented player. He's got big numbers next to his name this week 80 to 1, 90 to 1. Uh, and then Audrey Arnas has kind of been the same way. Spaniard has performed well at these kind of tournaments when he's gotten a chance 
Again, finished struggled a little bit on the weekend last week, but finished in the top 50. He's been in the top tournaments one a couple weeks ago on the world tour. I mean, you're looking at 250 to one next to his name. He's, he's looking at 20 to one of these DP world tour events. Now he's got a 250 to one and he performed in the top 50 last week. Um, Arnas is just way, way undervalued for the talent level. Definitely in the top half of this field, not priced that way. I think you find value in that and you might not find winners in value, but you find values in draft games. You find values in top forties in top twenties. And uh, maybe you have a contender there on Sunday, you know, uh, another guy I want to talk about Thomas Peters. Actually, Throw two guys in there, Thomas Peters and Thomas Dietrich. Uh, both Thomases are Belgian. Both play their college golf at Illinois for the fight in Illini. And both are super talented players that struggle to get over the hump. Peters contended in major championships before, has played on the PGA, has played on the World Tour, finally got a win last year, started rolling a little bit. Uh, Wade's super talented. Now you've seen him in triple digits, which is just way too high on Peters and, and Peters has, has the long game. He's got the short game to really contend here. And he, he could just hit the ball a long way and his length can really travel and be a huge advantage, especially taking advantage of some of these travel par fours. Dietrich uh, had a great weekend last week has really played a lot better. Uh, one of the more talented players, young players struggling to find his form a little bit, had a, had a rough patch early on, but looking to turn the corner, he's kind of called the European Tory, Tony Finau because he struggled to get that win. But um, finished well last week to definitely contend. You're looking at 250 to one on Dietrich. That's just a number that's way too big. Um, I can't believe to see a number that big on him. Um, a couple of other guys who have played well at both tours. Um, Lucas Herbert has won on both tours. Former, uh, won the Irish Open. He's also won the Bermuda Championship in, uh, in the PGA Tour. So he's won on both tours. Great win player. That win picks up. Herbert has great win play, great short game, great putting stats. Uh, we're looking at putting, you know, uh, three three putting forward ends for lag putting purposes. You're looking at putting over 25 feet. You're looking at putting between five and 10 feet because some of these putts might roll out and not make it quite as close. Herbert take, looks top at some of those metrics, and his win play is just absolutely um, undeniable. He's won his tournaments in the, in the worst of conditions. Um, another player who's actually a former major championship winner and really played well on the links as well is Danny Willett. You might remember Willett's team. He won the Masters a couple of years back, but uh, out of nowhere, really, but has really been an elite DP World Tour player, Danny Willett. And he comes in with triple digits next to his name. And Willett, you know, he's a great win player. He's played really well at these links courses, um, just has a lot of talent. He's won. The Masters, which Augusta, again, is a course comp here. He's played it at St. Andrews. Danny Willett, I think, could be a really sneaky guy who could finish that top 10, contend on Sunday. He'd be like, oh, wait, I think I've heard that name before. That's Danny Willett, former Masters champion that uh, you might be able to see in contention there on Sunday. And then we we'll just want to talk about a couple other guys who just have uber, uber, uber talent. You haven't heard me talk about some of these players before. I love talking about young players who just kind of are finding it and just have – talent out the world. We saw one contend finish. He finished third. So then J.H. Kim, 20-year-old South Korean. Kim has just been tearing up toward the Asian tour. Uh, he's been getting some events run in the PGA tour and some of the world tour events and just has been getting better and better and better and confident, more confident and more confident. I saw a close on Sunday and contend actually tied for the lead with a one shot left, gave it back, unfortunately, but 
GH can be the next special South Korean to come over and play in the PGA Tour. Another guy, a Japanese uh, player, former top amateur player, has just done very well when he's played in the Asian Tour, done really well when he's played in the DP World Tour, has played in these British in these Open Championships before, and that is Takumi Kanaya. Kanaya is a um, very talented player. You know, you're looking at uh, something like 500 to 1 next to his name, which is just Way too big a number considering his talent, but uh, Kanaya is definitely somebody to just keep an eye on. Maybe make the cut, you know, maybe sparks a great round. You finished top 10 in the event in, in Japan earlier this year that Hideki Matsuyama won. Um, Kanaya is definitely got to just keep an eye on these guys. Uh, Johan Kim, Takumi Kanaya, just a couple Asian-born players that, uh, you know, really look forward to, to watching them play in the next couple of years. Overall, we got a great tournament. We got a great mix of names. We got a great blend of names. We got some, you know, big time power hitters. Xander Shoffley coming in with three straight wins. Warren McElroy coming in with multiple top tens. You know, Scotty Scheffler still doing his thing. John Rahm, what's he going to do? Uh, Jordan Spieth has played tremendous on these link style courses, played well last week. You know, we got great names. We got great. Is anybody going to break through in the mid, in the mid tier? Sam Burns going to come through. Is Tony Finau going to come through? And Cam Smith. Going to get a major championship. Will Zalatoris going to break through with a major championship that he's been so close to? Or is it going to be somebody, uh, you know, Max Holm was also a guy who's played tremendously well, Joaquin Neiman. Or is it going to be somebody that we might not know? Somebody who plays predominantly in Europe, who's just stepping up and contending. We've seen players really step up in their talent. That The talent gap has, has really come down. And we want to see great players make great shots on tour. And we're definitely going to see that at the Open Championships at the birthplace of golf. At St. Andrews this weekend, it's going to be tremendous. It might be the last time in a while we see some of these top players together again. As as the players who are going to the Live Tour kind of lose their their world golf rankings, they might not be eligible to play in some of these majors next year. So I know I haven't mentioned a lot of those guys. Ustazen has had tremendous uh, course history here, but his injury history is a little concerning. Dustin Johnson can certainly contend um, has has done well around here. Bryson DeChambeau can absolutely tear the cover off the ball and if he's able to drive a lot of these power fours going to give himself a lot of birdie opportunities to look out for there of course the one guy lurking the big cat tiger woods is playing in his third tournament this year of course his third major took off the u.s open he's won the tournament twice at st andrews uh, it's he's made the cut at both majors he played you know played well at augusta tournament a place he knew so well he knows st andrews is better than as good or is better than anybody else it's not a physical demanding course as far as a lot of up and down hillies uh, walking ranges. I think it's going to be okay on his body. I know he was always planning to play in this one. I do think it's going to make the cut. One interesting prop bet I'll, I'll put here on the pod is uh, hole in one. Now hole in ones could come up with a lot of these, but interesting thing about this course setup: there's only two par threes, so you know that you're only aiming for the for the pin on two of these holes around. The screens are massive. So the landing areas are also massive. It's fast and firm. There's a lot of runouts. Harder to control the ball. I think getting like the, the no hole in one price is looking a lot closer to a typical tournament setup, like the minus one thirty range, than it is to a St Andrews course setup, which I think playing it up to minus two hundred is a pretty good bet. Open championship this week. Really excited to have it. Um, outrights be sent through the Discord. Have some plays in the Barracuda Championship, which is the alternate scoring event. Have some fun there. A little birdie fest going on there. But let's enjoy some golf at the birthplace of golf. Um, best of luck this week. We'll see you next week.
It's Ian Ramos again with the Line Movers Network. That's all for now. Until next time, be sure to check out our video podcasts as well on our website. If you have any questions or requests, send them our way at the underscore LM Network Twitter page or visit the contact page at thelinemovers.net. Thanks for listening and all your support.